This is Pastor Eric Love. I want to thank you for tuning into today's podcast. God told Joshua that if he meditated on the word and obeyed it, that he would make his way prosperous and that he would have good success. My prayer is that as you meditate on this word that you're about to hear and apply it to your life, that you too will find good success. Blessings on you and enjoy this word from the Lord. teaching a series of unbroken worship and I've kind of been kind of talking to you guys a little bit about that and what that means to all of us um, somebody yell, what does un- unbroken worship mean somebody yell it out yell it out unbroken worship what does it mean yeah. continuous contact what else somebody else yell it out unbroken worship what does it mean yell it out a lifestyle of pleasing God. How, how many of you have been have been more conscientious about your walk these past few past few weeks? Amen. More conscientious. How, how many of you have noticed times when Satan has tried to pull you out of the spirit? You know the time when Satan tried to pull you out. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. And so you, you almost have to remind yourself how important it is to stay in worship. Amen. To to make sure that everything that you do is pleasing to God. Now we are approaching the Easter holiday the resurrection holiday we were approaching that and so i was praying and i said okay god uh how can how can i tie in um how can i tie in our current series um with what's happening in this season and who better who better to find an example of unbroken worship than jesus himself Amen. Then Jesus himself. So what we're going to do today is we're going to look at a scenario in Scripture where Jesus was tempted to break his worship or he was tempted to do something outside the will of God. Did y'all know that Jesus, too, was tempted to do things outside the will of God? Amen. So that's why that's why Scripture says that he understands our temptations because he was tempted in like manner. So all the temptation that we've had, Jesus had suffered and gone through uh, those same temptations. So we're going to look at a little bit of that today. Go to Matthew chapter 26. Go to Matthew chapter chapter 26. And let's let's look at this. Matthew 26. Glory to God. Um, Matthew 26. And let's let's look. Let's look at what, let's look at Jesus's, Jesus's temptation. Let's look at his temptation, Matthew 26. Say man when you found it. Okay, look there at verse number 36. And all this is tying into the, the Easter or resurrection narrative. Uh, this is right before Jesus um, was to be taken by the Roman soldiers. This is right before he's about to be taken by, but as you will. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, what could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but what else? The flesh is weak. Again, a second time. How many times is it now? Second time, two times. He went away and prayed saying, oh, my father. If this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, then your will be done. And he came and found them sleep again, for their eyes were heavy. So he left them, went away again, and prayed a third time. How many times is this? Three Three times. He prayed a third time, saying the same words. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour has come 
the hour is at hand and the son of man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Then he says, rise, let, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. My betrayer is at hand. Now, I, I want to talk to you about the Jesus strategy of unbroken worship. I want to show you and teach you Jesus's strategy and how he was able to maintain worship in probably one of the most worst predicaments of his life. How was he able to continue to walk with that with that uncompromised fellowship with God? Because I don't know about you, but that 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 should be all of our um, all of our uh, uh, goal is to walk with uncompromised fellowship to make sure that we don't allow sin to pull us out of fellowship with God. All right, so, so let's look at it. Let's look at it. Now, um, he was at the Garden of Gethsemane. Now, Gethsemane means oil press, or it means oil that's pressed out. So this, so this whole, even the name of the garden mean that there's some pressing that has to happen. And so even in your life, you need to know that, that even in your life, you're going to have some pressing situation in your life, some situation in your life where it seems like, seems like the enemy is trying to press all your oil out. Amen. Glory to God. Um, but the oil, the cool thing about oil is that the oil represents the anointing. Everybody say this, say oil, oil. represents the anointing. Glory to God. So watch this. In order for your anointing to come out, many times there's got to be some pressing. There's, there's, there's got to be some pressing on your life. And you've got to have some, some difficult days and situations in your life in order for that anointing, for the, for the oil of the anointing to manifest in your life. Now watch this. He said, the Bible says, check this out, that, that Jesus was distressed. He was, he was exceedingly sorrowful. He was, in, he was in great distress. The word distress means suffering from anxiety, sorrow, or pain. So he was distressed. He was, he, he was, he was in severe anxiety, severe pain. Now, let me explain to you like this. And I, I, was, I was praying and asking God uh, a good way um, to explain this. Um, Sam, take me down a little bit in that microphone if you can. I, I was praying and asking God a good way to explain this. Um, have... Have you ever been, have you ever, I need to talk to all the bad kids. Anybody was bad in high school? I had a, one person, three of y'all were bad. In, okay, okay, I got a few people bad in high school. Have, have you ever, have you ever had a group of other bad kids who said they were going to jump you after school? Few, nobody, none of y'all, got a few people, y'all, few people understand that. Okay, now listen, when, when they said they were going to jump you after school, how'd you feel sitting in class? Terrified. Nervous. Some of y'all was ready. <laughs> yeah, some of y'all was sharpening y'all fingernails, getting ready for it. Okay, <laughs> but but if if somebody told you they were gonna jump you after school, I mean, you're not hearing anything the teacher's talking about. You're not hearing anything they're talking about because well, what are you concerned about? You're concerned about this fight. You're concerned about these these people who are planning to jump you after school. <laughs> and you're trying to make, you're trying to, you know, because back then they didn't have, I mean, when I was in school, we didn't have cell phones. So you couldn't just text all your homeboys right quick. If you, you know, if you, if you didn't know how to do the hooty hoo, yeah, you was, yeah, you, you were, you were in trouble, Jack. If you, <laughs> you were in trouble. So, so Jesus knew that he was about to go to jail. Now, now don't raise your hand, but those of you who ever been threatened to go to jail, yeah, you know you had to go to court, and depending on what happened in court, that was going to determine if you went to jail or not. Just keep looking straight. You know how that feels, because you don't know what the judge is going to say. 
You have no idea what the judge is going to say. So, so you're, you're kind of in distress. Jesus was in severe distress because he knew that he, all the things that he was going to have to endure. What were some of the things he was going to have to endure? Y'all yelling out. What was he going to have to endure? What? You, she said, no, I'm not going to repeat that. I'm not going to repeat what you said. I will not repeat what you just said. I hope the camera did not pick that up. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Listen, don't ask. Nobody, if you didn't hear that, nobody asked what she said. Nobody, nobody asked what she said. <laughs> Hallelujah. I forbid you to ask what she said. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That was rough. What, what did Jesus, what did Jesus have to endure? What did, uh-uh, listen, don't you say nothing else. Uh-uh. I mute you for the rest of the night. Don't you say another word. Uh-uh. Nope. Don't you say another, another word. Oh, my goodness. I thought I was bad. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> no, uh-uh, no, don't you say anything else. Uh-uh, uh-uh, don't you say anything else. So, so, so what were some of the things Jesus had to endure? Yell it out. Pain and suffering from what? Getting beat? Okay, what did he get beat with? A cat of nine tails, fists. What else? What else happened to him? Crown of thorns. Got spat on. What else? He was mocked. What else? All his friends left him. What else? Betrayal. What else? From his closest friends. What else did he have to endure? What else? The agony of what? The agony of watching his mom watch him and her crying. What else? Thinking his father had forsaken him. What else? Feeling alone. What else? Having to carry the cross himself. What else? Betrayed. Say again. Being nailed to the cross. Yeah. What else? What are you forgetting? This carrying the sins of the world. What else? Being innocent. Being hung between two male factors or two thieves. What else? Being crucified. What else? Death. And ultimately death, he was pierced in the side. You know, one guard just took a spear and just stuck him in the side. I mean, and he was still alive. So stuck him in the side. I mean, just just kind of kind of think about that and wrap your brain around that. And watch this. Even when he was thirsty, they wouldn't give him water. He's hanging. It's, it's hot out there. You know, he's hot. It's so hot that his tongue is starting to swell. And when he's thirsty, they won't even give him any water. What do they give him? They gave him vinegar. They gave him vinegar. Nobody wants to drink vinegar when they're thirsty, but they they gave him vinegar to drink. Now, watch this. He knows that he's about to go through all of those things. Now, I don't know about you, but but if I I thought that I was going to go through even half of what he was going through, I would be tempted to break my worship. I'll be tempted to tell the Lord, God, I I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can do this. Now, watch this. Here's the beautiful thing. Here's here's a dichotomy in the text. None of us have ever had to go through anything that severe. Now watch this. So Jesus sets a great example for us in that he's gone through something worse than any of us could ever go through. And if he didn't break his worship, then we we need to find out why or what he was able to do not to break his worship. So I want to find out Jesus' strategy. Don't y'all want to know his strategy? Okay, write this down. You're gonna you can know his strategy. This is Jesus' strategy for unbroken, unbroken worship. Um, number one, he had commitment to prayer. Write that down. He had commitment 
to prayer. He was committed to a prayer life. He was committed to a prayer life. Um, look, over in, look, over in, um, look over in Luke chapter 5. Go to Luke chapter 5 in your Bible. Luke chapter 5. Jesus was committed to prayer. That is the first line of defense. The first line of defense in your being able to stay committed to God in unbroken fellowship. You have to have a commitment to prayer. Luke chapter 5, look at verse number 16. Luke 5, 16. You've got to have a commitment to prayer. You guys write this down so y'all can go back and study this on your own time. Luke chapter 5, verse 16. What does it say? What does it, somebody yell, what does it say? So he himself did what? Often withdrew where? Into the wilderness to do what? And prayed. How, did, did, did he do it? Did he do it sometimes? He did it often. He withdrew. He took himself. He withdrew into the wilderness, and he often did this to pray. So, so here's my question for you. Here's my question for you. Are you found praying often? I'm, I'm not talking about the little prayer that we pray while we drive in our car. I'm talking, about, I'm talking about setting aside some time to go before God, setting aside some time to be with God. I'm talking about uh, kneeling by the bed, going into a secret closet, going into a bathroom or a closet or empty room at the house and spending that time, that quality time in prayer. If you're going to operate in a spirit of unbroken fellowship or unbroken worship, you have to be committed to prayer. So here's my question for you. Is your prayer life where it needs to be? You need a war room. Is your prayer prayer life where it needs to be? Or can you say, you know what? My prayer life really needs some help. Because Jesus set an example. He he often went to pray. As a matter of fact, go to Luke chapter 6. Go to Luke chapter 6, verse number 12. Luke chapter 6, verse number 12. I want you all to see this. Luke 6, 12. Just kind of go forward a little bit. Luke 6, 12. What does it say in Luke 6, 12? Yell it out. What What does it say in Luke 6, 12? What does it say? It came to pass that what? In those days, Jesus went out to the mountainside to pray. What else? He did what? He continued how long? On Jesus went and he prayed. There was this is the instant in the Bible where Jesus prayed all night. Now I'm not suggesting that you guys, you know, uh, try to try to pray all night, but but the emphasis is that Jesus had a very strong prayer life. Now watch this. If he's Jesus. And he had to pray. Hallelujah. How much more does Eric, who is not Jesus, need to pray? If Jesus had to pray, then you sure enough need to pray. Look at the person beside you and say, if Jesus prayed, you sure enough needs to pray. No, no, say, don't say sure. Say show. You show enough need to pray. <laughs> yeah, you show. If Jesus prayed, <laughs> if Jesus prayed, you show enough need to pray. Jesus had a strong prayer life. So what am I suggesting to you? When you get up in the morning, take some time and pray. Take some time. Pray. Set your alarm clock. Get up a little early. You, you know what? If you start going to bed a little early, you'll be able to get up a little earlier. The reason it's hard for some people to get up in the morning because you go to bed so late. Glory to God. And, and, and be careful stuff you watch on television before you go to bed. Because whatever you put in your spirit at night, that's what you're going to wake up with that next morning. Did y'all know that? So you have to be careful what you put in your spirit before you go to bed. Amen? So if you're going to go to bed at night, put some good stuff in your spirit. Find something good to listen to. Um, turn, some, for those of you, uh, uh, turn on, turn on um, um, your Bible app and let the Bible, let the Bible speak to you at night because your spirit man never sleeps. Your spirit is, all, all, is up all night. 
And so whatever you put, the last thing in you put in your spirit is going to be the first thing you get out of your spirit. So, so many times you, you even have to say a prayer before you go to bed so God can cleanse your spirit before you lay down. And you have to, you have to cast your care on God before you go to sleep at night. Amen. Y'all, are y'all hearing that? Is that good stuff? Yeah. So take some time and pray before you lay down so you can cast that care on the Lord. So Jesus, Jesus understood that in order for him to operate in a spirit of unbroken worship, that he has to have a strong prayer life. Now, watch this. Now, watch this. Now, the next part I'm about to teach you, come, we, 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 we're pulling this straight out of the scripture. Amen. Straight out of the scripture. Um, so that one came from verse number 36. It says, Jesus came into the place of Gethsemane and said to his disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. So Jesus had a strong Strong commitment to prayer. If you're going to walk, operate in unbroken fellowship, you have to have a strong commitment to prayer. Amen? Strong commitment to prayer. Number two, watch this. Not only have a strong commitment to prayer, number two is confession to friends. Everybody say confession to friends. Jesus confessed to friends. He confessed to friends. If you're going to operate in unbroken fellowship, uh, unbroken worship, you have to have some people in your circle that you can be real with. Some people that you can talk to. Some people that you can be open and that you can be honest with. The, The sad part of Christianity is that many Christians feel like they have to walk this walk by themselves. They feel like there's nobody there they can talk to. Now, don't raise your hand, but, but have you ever felt like there was nobody, you didn't have anybody that you can really talk to? You ever felt that way? Now, watch this. For, for, many, for many of you, you allow the person that you shouldn't have been talking to anyway to cause you not to talk to the person that you should have been talking to in the first place. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So you know what that means? Husbands ought to be able to talk to wives. Wives ought to be able to talk to husbands. And then outside of that, if you're a man, you should have at least one man in your life that you can be real with. You can tell him, man, I've got some nasty thoughts. Man, I've got some stuff going on in my mind that I, I need you to pray with me about. Let, let, me, let me prove that to you. Let me prove that to you. Um, um, Jesus, look at verse number 38. Look at verse number 38. Verse number 38, it says, then when he said to them, what did he say to them? My soul is what? exceedingly sorrowful what else even unto death so he's making this confession i'm wrestling with this thing i know i have to do this but i'm wrestling with this i'm having a hard time with this so he confessed to his friends and he says to his friends i'm really this is this is a hard place for me very difficult place when was the last time you had somebody in your life that you were able to go to and say listen i'm really wrestling with this somebody that you really trust that you could really talk to who is that person in your life? Listen, here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do. You, you may, maybe, maybe don't write their name because this knows that people might be on your row. But, but write their initial on your piece of paper. Who is that person? Write their initial. And if you can't write their initial, then we're going we gonna to keep on praying that God sends you that person. Who is that person you can be open and honest with, and they're not going to judge you, but they're really going to tell you the truth. They're really going to pray for you. Who is that person? Write their initial down. And some, some of you may have, may have two, two initials that you're able to write down. But you didn't know who that person is. And watch this. Here's my question. Look at that initial. My question for you is, when was the last time you confessed to them? When was the last time you went to them and confessed? Okay, yeah, because, you, you know, you, you've had some rough days these past couple of months. Satan's been after you. When's the last time you went to them and confessed? When's the last time you sat down with them and just said, hey, listen, let's, I just, I just, I just want to unload. I just want to share some things with you. When's the last time you went and confessed? When was the last time you had a conversation with them? So what I'm saying to you is, is that as, as humans, as, 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 as people, we, we have to go and have those conversations regularly with people. Because if not, you know what Satan calls you to do? Satan calls you to hide. 
you, 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 you'll become great at covering it up. And, and God knows what you're wrestling with. God knows what you're going through. But because you hadn't said anything to anybody, sometimes you'll go to that, that initial that you just wrote down, and you won't even be honest with them about what you're going through. See, see, confession ought to be regular in your life. You ought to have somebody that you can sit down and talk to regular. You, you, ought, to have, you ought to have a board of trustees for your own life, people that you can go and confess and talk to. Every, every Saturday night, I have a group of men that, that, that we have a confession time. We get on the phone with each other and we talk, and we have a time where we can kind of confess our sins and confess the things that we, we've done, the things that we've thought, and be able to confess and, and have people to pray with us and pray with me. That, that's important to me because I want I want to operate in that spirit of unbroken worship because watch this. What Satan will get you to do, Satan will get you to start hiding your sins from everybody else. He'll get you to start hiding it. So that's why you have to become used to confessing it. Let me me, me show you that description. Let me give you some proof text. Um, Look at James. Go to James chapter 5. Let me give you some proof text. James chapter 5. So you you have to be able to confess. You have to be able to confess. If you messed up this week, if you had some bad thoughts, had some bad feelings, you have to be able to go to somebody and confess and say, listen, I, I just need to talk to you. Can, can, we just, can we just spend a few? Can I take you out to lunch? I'll buy you lunch. I'll buy you a cup of coffee. Um, let's just sit down and talk. If you're a lady, you should have another lady. If you're a man, you should have another man. Somebody that you can sit down and be open and honest and transparent with. You, you have to have that if you're going to work and operate in unbroken fellowship. James chapter 5, verse 16. No, what I say? Yeah, James 5, 16. I'm right. James 5, 16. James 5, 16. What does it say? Somebody read it loud. Confess your what? Confess your trespasses one to another and, and do what? Wait a minute. Did, so so is, that, is that a suggestion? No, it's not a suggestion. That's a demonstrative statement. That's a command to us that we are to confess our trespasses. And in, in, in some, some translations, uh, uh, says uh, uh, confess your sins to one another or, or, or confess your burden to one or, or confess um, your trespass to one another. And then what, what are we supposed to do? Pray for one another. And what happens when you start praying? The person gets healed. So watch this. If you don't have somebody else praying for you, then you're not getting healed. You, you think you're okay, but the Bible has given us a prescription. He says you have to confess it one to another. He said you confess when you pray for one another that you may be healed. The fervent, effective prayer of the righteous avails much. I want to show you something in Scripture. I want to show you something in Scripture. Um, go to Galatians chapter 6. I want to show you all something in Scripture. Go to Galatians chapter 6. Everybody look, look at this in your Bible. Galatians chapter 6. I want y'all to see this. Galatians chapter 6. Y'all have to say amen. Galatians 6. Look down at, um, look down at verse number 2. What does Galatians 6 2 say? Do what? Okay, the word burden means a weight of personal or eternal significance. A weight of personal or eternal significance. It also can refer to a character flaw or a struggle. Everybody say a struggle. So burden can also mean a struggle. So it says bear, look at this, it says bear the other person's burden. Bear one one another's burdens. But watch this. There's something that's strange that happens in chapter 6. 
Look at chapter 6, verse number 2. Verse number 2 says, bear one another's burdens. Is that what it says? Is that what your Bible say? Bear one another's burdens. Watch this. Look at verse number 5. What does verse number 5 say? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It seems as if Scripture is contradicting itself. Because, because in, in, one, in one breath, Paul is saying, bear each other's burdens. But then in the very next, very next breath, he's saying, everybody ought to carry their own load. It, it, it seems as if there's a, there's a dichotomy there. It seems as if, seems as if there's, a, there's a substratum that, that, that we're not seeing in the text. Because he's telling me to bear somebody's burdens, but he also, now he tells me that, that a person has to carry his own load. So, them, so, so we, we, we have to question the text. And we have to ask the text, what do you mean by burden and what do you mean by load? Because apparently these two words will help us to determine what Paul is saying here because we know uh, that the Bible never contradicts itself. The Bible never contradicts itself. Um, so the word burden means weight of personal or internal um, significance. It means um, a struggle. But watch this. The word load, the word load is translated the word portion. The word load is translated the word portion. And they kind of spell a little bit different in the Greek. Now watch this. Here's what that means. Here's what that means. That means that means that, that you can bear another person's burdens, but you can't carry the load for them. Let, let, let me explain. Let me explain. Let me explain. Let me explain. Here, here's what it's saying. Here's what it's saying. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. You can encourage me to be a good father, but you can't be a good father in my place. You can encourage me to be a good husband, but you can't be a good husband in my place. That's a load that I have to carry. Are y'all picking up what I'm putting down? So in other words, watch this, watch this. I can encourage you to be a good Christian, and I can I can come alongside you. I can give you scripture. I can pray for you. I can help you bear that burden. But guess what? I can't live your life for you. That's, that, that's part of your load. That's what you have to carry. So you know what I'm saying? So, so what, what happens in scripture, or what happens many times in our lives, is instead of bearing people's burden, we try to carry their load. I can't carry your load. I can't pay all your bills for you. I can teach you how to get your money right. I can teach you how to save, but I can't pay all your bills for you. Come on, man. Y'all better pick up what I'm putting down. So watch this. So everybody's got to bear their own load. See, see, you'll be less stressed out if you let people live their own lives. You try to help them. You try to encourage them, but you have to let them live their life for themselves. Stop trying to, stop trying to live life through your kids. Stop trying to live for your kids. All you can do is teach them little jokers and you let them bump their own head. Hallelujah. I wish I had somebody in the house. They know what I'm talking about. You got to let them hit it, child. Stop trying to carry the load for folk. God never designed for you to carry somebody else's load. You have enough load of your own to carry. You can't even get your own life right trying to help somebody else get their life straight. Listen, glory to God. Learn how to put your own mask on before you put somebody else's mask. I wish I had a witness in here today. He said, listen, you bear each other's burdens, but you cannot carry their load. I can't carry your load. You got to live for yourself, honey. I, I can encourage you. I, I, can, I can give you scripture. I can pray for you, but I can't do it for you. Glory to God. I can't do it for you. Hallelujah. I plan to live a long time, so I can't be carrying your stuff. Hallelujah. Because when you come talk to me, I'm going to ask you what the words say. I'm going to ask you if you've been praying. I'm going to ask you, well, have you been fasting? That's what I'm going to ask you because you got to carry that load. 
Hallelujah. You keep coming back, ask, well, I need help with this bill and help with this bill and help with this bill. Listen, I can't, I can't bear that load for you. That's your load. You made that bill. They got quiet right there, buddy. Hallelujah. You made that bill. That's your load. You signed your name to that loan. Glory to God. You knew he was coming to pick that car up. You got emails and you got all them letters in the mail told you that you was behind. And then when they come pick the car up, then here you come calling folk. Why did you call them, you know, before you even went and made that big old how long? Hallelujah. That's your load. So watch this. You'll live a whole lot longer if you know the difference between a burden and a load. Glory to God. If you're trying to live right, we can come alongside you and we can help you bear that burden. The burden of prayer, the burden of good counsel, we can give you that. But I can't, I can't make you do right. Ladies, you can't make that husband do right. You, 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 you're trying. Yeah, you're trying. You got GPSs all on his stuff. You got folks watching him everywhere you go. Hallelujah. That's not, that's not, that's the wrong audience. That's the wrong set. Am I in, am I in the right house? <laughs> Glory to God. You try to manipulate him with, you know, affection. I'm just going to call it that. I ain't going to do like my sister did. You know, no, 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 for real. You know, and so what happens is, what happens is we start trying to carry a load that God never intended for us to carry. Glory to God. Listen, listen, Jesus understood that. Jesus didn't say, listen, <laughs> hey, fellas. Hey, well, one of y'all, one of y'all do this for me. He understood that wasn't their load. He wasn't, he understood that. He understood that he needed to help bear that burden. But that really, that really wasn't their load to carry. You got, some of you are carrying loads that God didn't design for you to carry. You're carrying other people's load. Glory to God. You're carrying stuff that God didn't design for you to carry. Some stuff you got to learn how to put down. That's why you can't hardly get your stuff done because you're carrying somebody else's load. You're so busy helping somebody else fulfill their vision that you've neglected your own. You're so busy helping somebody else get their lives together that your life is in shambles. I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen. Glory to God. But you have no difference between what's your load and then what's your burden. Glory to God. Because sometimes, now some people, so, so, so pray about that and get some wisdom there. Some people are trying to put their load on you. You can say to them, no, that's, that's not my load. I'll pray for you in that regard. But that's not my load. I'll help you. I'll help bear the burden with you. I'll be in prayer with you. I'll help you find the right resources. But you've got to bear that load yourself. Amen. I can't go to jail for you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I can't take that ride for you, cuz. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Look at your neighbor and see if you'll go to jail for him. Look at him and just, just look at him. Just look at him. Yeah, just, just look at him. Just look at him. Be like, you know what? You know? Ah, I tell you. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I go to court with you. That's right. I'll bet that court burden with you. I go to court with you. I go to court with you. Yeah, Hallelujah. Yeah, we're not finna trade no places with you, cuz. Yeah, that's your load. Yeah, you did that. <laughs> yeah, we told you not to go out there. Yeah, we told you. 
Amen. Confession, confession to friends. So you have to have somebody you confess to. If you're going to walk in unbroken fellowship, you have to have somebody you can talk to. Does that make sense? Is that good stuff? So you got to have somebody you can talk to because Jesus set an example for us. So before the guards came, Jesus confessed and he says, I'm struggling. That's what he said. I'm struggling with God's will. I'm struggling with doing the thing that I know God wants me to do. I'm struggling with that. I'm struggling with the call that God has on my life. I'm struggling with that. I'm really struggling. I need somebody to pray with me. That's what Jesus said. Jesus, I'm struggling with the will of God. And guess what? If we're, if we're honest, all of us have at one time or another struggled with the will of God. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a man, and I, I have, a, I have, a, I have a, uh, a desire for other men. I'm struggling in that area. I'm a woman. I have, I have a desire for other women. I'm struggling in that area. I'm married, and I have a desire to step outside of my marriage. I'm struggling. I, I need somebody to pray with me to help me bear this burden. I need that. And what happens is many times we wait too late. We wait until we've committed the sin, and then we try to get some help. We wait until we've stepped out, and we, we wait until we've gone too far. Then we try to get the help. But if you have somebody in your life who can, keep you, who, uh, who can hold you accountable all the time, many times um, a, a lot of things will be diverted simply by that accountability. And so we have to be accountable with each other and to each other. That's what happened to Jesus. He was accountable. Um, so um, commitment to prayer. Confession to friends. And here's the third point. The third point is the crucifixion of the flesh. The crucifixion of the flesh. You have to be willing to crucify your flesh. You have to be willing to cut yourself. Not, not literally, but spiritually. You have to be willing to die to your own self, your own fleshly desires. The crucifixion of the flesh. Look at verse number 39. Verse number 39, he says, he went a little farther, look what he did, fell on his face and prayed saying, oh, my father, if it's possible, what do you say? Let this cup pass from me. Then he said, nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Nevertheless means in spite of, in spite of how I feel, God, I want to do your will. In spite of how I feel, God, I want to obey you. So you know what he did? He crucified his flesh. He was crucifying his flesh. Every time you obey the spirit, you take a little bit of power away from your flesh. Let me say that again. Every time you obey the spirit, you take a little bit of power away from your flesh. And you steal a little bit. Now watch this. The opposite is also true. Every time you obey your flesh, you take a little power away from your spirit. You take a little power away from it. If you want to walk in the spirit, that means you have to learn to starve your flesh. The worldly desires, the desire to, to walk away from God's will, the desire to do something um, that's counteractive or counterproductive to the will of God. All of us have a sin nature. All of us. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that there's, there's nothing in us that would draw us to God, not, not in and of ourselves. It is only his spirit that's on the inside of us that gives us a yearning for him. Nothing else outside of that screams for Jesus. Our flesh wants what our flesh wants. And Jesus' flesh wanted not to be on that cross. He wanted not to have to go through that. Confession to friends, crucifixion of the flesh. Um, go to Romans chapter 8. Go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Look at, look at verse number 13. Romans eight thirteen. 
So we're talking about crucifying the flesh. Crucifying the flesh. What does that mean to you? When you hear the word crucifying the flesh, what does that mean to you? Somebody yell it out. What does that mean to you when you hear the word crucify the flesh? What does that mean? Starve it. Killing the flesh. Say again. Kill the flesh. How do you do that? How do you kill the flesh? How do you do that? Deny yourself of what? The desire. The things that make it happy. Like what? What makes your flesh happy? Food. Overeating. Gluttony. (laughs) Hallelujah. Did y'all know, y'all know overeating is a sin? Hallelujah. Eating till you know you're full. Yeah, but you got that one last bite and you cheat and you don't want to take it with you. So you want to just stuff it in your belly. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> so, and so, so that, that's, that's a part of it. Learning how to eat a decent portion without overeating. What else? It's easy to curse someone out, so you have to starve your flesh because your fle- cussing feel feel good sometimes, don't it? Everybody, see everybody head went down. Lord Jesus, everybody head went down. <laughs> Come on, y'all know when you get mad, cussing feel real good. Hallelujah! Y'all might just say, I see them big old smiles on y'all face. Cussing feel real good when you're mad, don't it? Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Hallelujah. Hey, do me a favor. Do me a favor. Ask your neighbor. When's the last time you cussed? Tell the truth. Ask him. Just ask your neighbor. Ask your neighbor. One last time. Ask him. When's the last, last time you cussed? Come on, ask him. Come on, ask him. One last time. One last time you cussed. Tell the truth. You tell, tell him. Say, say, you in church. Now you in church. Tell him you in church. Don't you tell. Because you, don't you. Because watch this. Tell him. Tell him. Because lying feel pretty good too. Come on. Tell him lying. Tell him the lie feel pretty good too. Yeah, tell the lie feel pretty good. It hurt to tell the truth. It hurt to tell the truth. When last, when last time, when last time you cussed? No, no, she said me. No, don't you answer that. No, let me get back over here. Don't you answer <laughs> But, but cursing feeds your flesh. It makes your flesh strong. See, when you cuss, you get Superman power. Yeah. When you cuss, you get strong. Yeah. Yeah, when you cuss, you can punch a hole in the wall when you cuss. That's the illusion. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but guess what? But guess what? Now, listen, for those of you cussers, all you in here, all you in here, it's in your throat. Yeah, yes, you got a box full of cuss words right in your throat. That's why they call it your voice box. You got a, vo- a box full of cuss words right in, right in, <laughs> right, right in your throat. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah, you got cuss word right in your throat. Hallelujah. But guess what? Listen to this. You got to give an account. Every word that come out of your mouth, you got to give an account. You got to stand before God. And when God play that recording back to you, all them cuss words, you're going to listen. You're going to go before God. and You're going to be so excited. I love you, Lord. <laughs> and God going to turn that radio on. <laughs> and you're going to be... <laughs> You're going to start hearing your voice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're going to hear all them cuss words. You start playing all them cuss words back to you. Man, you're going to be so shame in his presence. You're going to be so, but guess what? You, you got you to starve the flesh. You, you got to deny, your, deny yourself the urge to cuss. I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> like, move on, Pastor. Nope. <laughs> 
Y'all quit all that cussing. <laughs> you, you know, be, because, because when you curse, you really curse yourself. You don't realize that. But when a person who curses, curses themselves. You, 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 you're speaking a curse on yourself. You don't realize that. Now, if I ask you what is a curse, then what would be your answer? If I say, what is a curse? What is a curse? Something put upon you that's bad. Somebody, what's a curse? Something wicked. What's a curse? Profane. What, what is a curse? When you think about when somebody say, man, this person is under a curse. What, what does that mean? Uh, some type of spell, an evil spell. Now watch this. Now watch this. So, so if you curse, then that means that you're casting spells. That means you're making yourself a witch or a warlock because you're cursing. You're, you're casting curse words. Now watch this. Here's the bad thing. The bad thing says a, a curse without a cause won't alight. So the curse without a cause has to come back to you because it can't stay where you send it. Because you can't curse what God has blessed. I wish I had a witness right there. Glory to God. So, so that curse that you sent out has to come back to you. That's why the Bible says, be careful about digging a hole for somebody because the hole that you dig for them will be the same hole that you wind up falling in yourself. The Bible says, be careful that when you're rolling a stone, trying to roll it on somebody else, that that same stone will roll back on you. So the same thing happens with a curse. When you curse somebody else, you're really cursing yourself and you don't even realize it. You don't even realize it. The Bible says life and death lies in the power of the tongue. Glory to God. And so we have to start starving our flesh. We have to start. So you know what? You need to read the dictionary. So you can get some new words. Yeah, I'm flabbergasted. That's right. <laughs> I'm so bewildered. <laughs> yeah, you got. Yeah, you got. You got to find some more words. Glory to God, because you can't keep using cuss words, because it's a sin. It's a sin. The, the Bible talks about the Bible talks about filthy communication. It says, "Let no filthy communication come out of your mouth." But only that which is pleasing to the Lord, because God is listening to everything that you say. Glory to God. Everything that you watch on television has to be pleasing to God. Amen. That's how you start. That's how you start to deal with that flesh. You got to start crucifying that flesh. Anything that that you know that you're doing. Let, let me. Jared, did, did you put that last quote that I sent you? Did you put that? Did you put that in your notes? Go go to that last quote. I want y'all to see this. Miss Miss Susan Wesley. This is this is the mother of John Wesley. She said this. Um, not, not that one, not that one. The other one says, whatever, whatever weakens. Did you get that one? The one. Okay. Yeah, that's it right there. Watch this. Check this out. I want y'all to see this. Listen to this. It says, whatever weakens your read. This is Miss Suzanne Wesley. She is the mother of John Wesley. So y'all want to take a picture of this if you can. Um, whatever weakens your reasoning impairs the tenderness of your conscience obscures your sense of God or takes away your relish for spiritual things. In short, if anything increases the authority and the power of the flesh over the spirit, then to you, that to you becomes sin, however good it is in itself. If it's weakening your reasoning, if it's impairing your being tender to God, that, that's why, you know, when, 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 you, when you listen to movies, and it's a lot of cursing in movies, a lot of sex scenes in movies, you should be so tender to God 
that when you start hearing those curse words, that it kind of makes you cringe a little bit. Kind of makes you cringe, and it kind of makes you say, I, I just, I can't, I can't listen to that. I can't watch that movie. I'm going to go see if I can get a rain check. I can't watch that. I, I can't listen to that. Even in the music, especially young people, the music that you're listening to, is, it, is that music weakening um, your, your, your sensitivity to the Lord, your sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, the things that we're listening to. So we have to start crucifying our flesh so that when it's time for our spirit man to be strong, that, that it will be strong. Okay, so you, did y'all get that? Whatever weakens your reasoning, impairs the tenderness of your conscience, obscures your sense of God, or takes away the relish for spiritual things. If it takes away your relish for spiritual thing, in short, anything that increases the authority and the power of the flesh over the spirit, that to you becomes sin, my friend. If it's pulling you away from God, that to you becomes sin. If it's causing you to do evil things, that to you becomes sin. Anything that pulls you away from God, that to you becomes sin. Are y'all hearing that? Y'all hearing that? So we need to make sure that we're surrounding ourselves with things that are actually pushing us closer to God, not things that are taking us away from God. If we're going to walk in unbroken worship to God. If we're going to walk in unbroken worship, these are some things that, that we must do. Okay, Jerry, go, go put, that, put that last one, the goal. Put the goal up there. One of the goals of the Christian life is the victory of the spirit over the flesh and the change of life, which manifests in righteous living before God. That's our goal, to live a life in victory of the spirit, victory over the flesh, where flesh no longer has mastery over us. You can't just let people pull you into anger so fast. You can't let people pull you in the hostility so fast. Where, where you learn how to forgive quickly, to let things go. Amen? That when you, when you want to curse, instead of wanting to curse, you know what you do? You get into worship. When you want to get angry, instead of getting angry, you know what you do? You go into worship. You go spend some time, spend some time in the presence of God. Amen? So, so let them stay in the other room and rant and rave. Let them stay in the other room and act a fool. You go in another room and pray. Amen? Because it takes, it takes two fools to argue. Amen. Glory to God. All it takes is one person to open the door. Y'all picking up what I'm putting down. One person to open the door and allow the spirit of God to come in. So all it takes is one person to do that. So both of you, if both of y'all eat it, y'all going to tell y'all house up. Y'all going to have lamps broke. Y'all going to bust that flat screen. Glory to God. Wake up all the kids. Tear the shiffero up. You got doors off your, your dresser and toe up. Toe up. Glory to God. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all done slammed the door so hard and the picture done fell off the wall. Glory to God, y'all. We come in your house wondering why that picture, that, the glass on that picture broke. <laughs> and you done hung it back up on the wall like nothing happened. <laughs> Swept up the glass. <laughs> what, where have you going on, going on up in here? Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. All right, all right. So that tell y'all to go to Romans, Romans 8. <laughs> but look at Romans 8. <laughs> y'all got me tickled. Look at Romans 8. Romans 8, 13. Look at it. Romans 8, 13. Y'all find us, amen. Is this, is this good to y'all? I hope it's good to you. Romans 8, 8 13. Now, watch. Now I, I, I recorded this in the Amplified Bible. The Amplified Bible says, if you are living according to the impulses of the flesh, what's going to happen? You're going to die. You're going to die a spiritual death. Your spiritual man will no longer be able to control your life. That's what that means. Your spirit man will no longer be in control of your life. You can't hear from him. When you need him, he's not going to be available because your spirit man is so weak. So if you live according to impulses of the flesh, you're going to die. But, watch this, but if you are living, what? By the power of the Holy Spirit. If you're living by God's spirit and God's power, what? You are habitually putting to death, what? 
the sinful deeds of the body. You will really live forever. Glory to God. So you have to, so you have, what you got to do now is you have to pray and say, okay, God, show me me. Hallelujah. Show me me. Listen, do me a favor. Do me a favor. Let's do a group exercise. I got a few minutes. Do, let's do a group exercise. I want you to be honest with your neighbor. Tell your neighbor where you wrestle. Tell your neighbor where, where, what you wrestle with the most. Okay, don't tell them. Okay, let, let's, let, let's keep, let's keep, let's keep, let's keep, let's keep, yeah, let's move it, move it right along. See, that's what I'm talking about. See, that's it. You see that? You see that? That's what I'm talking about. Y'all, y'all heard that? Y'all heard that? Y'all heard that still? Y'all heard that stillness and that hush over the room? You know what? That hush over the room? Because, I, you know, and, and I might get that was kind of all of a sudden, you know, but y'all, y'all, y'all wasn't ready. That's the problem. That's the problem. Because, because some of y'all had to think about it. You had to sit there and think, what, what do I wrestle with? When that thing, should, that thing should be already in your spirit. That thing should be in your spirit. You should know where you wrestle. You should know your issue. But the problem is, is that you've covered it up for so long that now you got to kind of think about, what do I wrestle with? Which somebody that which one do I? Golly. So which one do I want to <laughs> Which, one, which one's going to be less incriminating? Yeah. <laughs> which one do I want to tell? Yes, ma'am, you were going to say something. Holla, did I see your hand up? Okay, all right. So, yes, it, which, which one? But, but guess what? So, so we, we, we've got to, you've got to, so what, what do you wrestle with? Let me ask you this. What area of your life do you need prayer? You don't have to say it, but just think about it. What area of your life do you need prayer? What area of your life? Do, are, are you still lusting? You know, is it is it the, is it addicted to food? Are you addicted to food? Um, are you you know are 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 you are you the one that that will get upset and curse? Are, are you that person? Wherever that sin is, listen, you got to start addressing it. You got to talk about it. Do, do you do you have that secret lust in your heart? You got to start. You got to talk to somebody. You have to address it because the Bible says if a man covers his sins, he won't prosper. You got to make some time and talk to somebody about what you're going through. That's all I'm telling you. And I was making a joke about turning to your neighbor, but you have to have somebody in your life that you can go and have a real open and clear conversation with and say, listen, I need to talk to you about some things I'm dealing with in my life. Like for real, for real. F-R-F-R. Yeah, y'all know what? I just sent y'all a text message right quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah, that's how they know you see it. You put two F-R's. Okay, so you got to crucify the flesh. Now, last, here's my last point. Last point, and then we'll be done for tonight. Last point, um, not, only, not only must you have commitment to prayer, confession to friends, crucifixion of the flesh, and last one, you must have confidence in the Spirit. You must have confidence in the Spirit. This is Jesus' strategy for unbroken worship. We pull it straight out of Scripture. Everything I just taught you, everything I just showed you comes straight out of Scripture. Straight from the word of God. Confidence in the spirit. As a matter of fact, when, when Jesus, Jesus was so confident in the spirit, not in his own ability, but Jesus was confident in his spirit. He was confident that when he prayed that God was going to do something. He was so confident that he went back and prayed three times. He continued to pray. He got some people to pray. He believed so much in prayer that he didn't know what was going to happen, but he knew something was going to happen. And guess what? Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. When Jesus prayed, check this out. Something did happen. 
Does anybody know what happened when he prayed there in the Garden of Gethsemane? Does anybody know what happened? Does anybody know what happened when he prayed? Does anybody know? Does anybody know what happened? I hear accepted. He relinquished his will. Anybody know what happened when he prayed? You know what happened? Yell it out real loud. Say what? Go, go to Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. I want you all to see this. Look at verse 43. Luke 22, 43. You better get this. You better get this. Jesus had confidence in the spirit. He had confidence. That's why he kept going back to God. That's why he kept praying. He had confidence that he was going to open a door and invite God's power to come. Look at Luke chapter 22, verse 43. What does it say? And there appeared to him what? An angel. From where? Where did the angel come from? Who is he praying to? God. He's praying to God. God lives in heaven. Then God heard his prayer. When God heard his prayer, who did God send? What did God send? God sent an angel. Where did the angel come from? Who, did he, who is he praying to? He's praying to God. He's praying to his father. His father must have heard him. How do we know his father heard him when he prayed? How do we know? Because he answered his prayer. How did he answer his prayer? How did he answer his prayer? He sent some help. He sent an angel. And what did the angel do? The angel strengthened him. Glory to God. He prayed. God heard him. God sent an angel to strengthen him. I can't take you. I, I can't take the. I can't take the cup away, but I can give you the strength that you need to endure the cup. In other words, I can't take the trial or the struggle away, but I can send you some strength enough to deal with the trial and to go through the tribulation. That's what God does. He had confidence in the spirit. You got to have confidence in the spirit to know that when you pray, that God is going to answer you. You have that confidence, and you have to walk in that confidence, even if you don't see it. Even if you don't want to fully understand it. Because guess what? Matthew, Matthew probably didn't see it because Matthew didn't record that. But Luke saw it. Glory to God. So watch this. Everybody may not be able to see where your strength comes from, but there'll be somebody that will know that you've got some strength from somewhere. You'll be surprised how many times God has sent angels to you already that have strengthened you to go through some of the things that you've gone through in your life. And guess what? you got to have such confidence in the Spirit now that when you even pray now, you got to know that God's going to answer you. God will send angels. He said, Lord, I give angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways lest you dash your foot against the stone. That's what God says to us. God sends angels. We're in this building because of angels. God sent, we was praying and God sent angels. Y'all, y'all better help, help me. You better know what I'm talking about. God, God always sends some help when the people of God pray. You got to know that. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Jesus said, put up your knife. He said, don't you know? I've got a legion. I can call my father and he will dispatch a legion of angels to come and to fight on my behalf. Don't don't you know you you got to know you got to know that you have angels standing at the ready. To strengthen you and to help you go through whatever you got to go through in your life. Can, Can you make it through? Yeah, you can make it through it with God. You can make it through it with him. 
You can make it through it with God on your side. You know what? That's why you can't give up. You can't throw in the towel. You can't commit suicide. You can't kill yourself. Come on. Not with God's help. You can go through anything with God on your side. He'll strengthen you. That's what he's promised. He'll strengthen your time of need. He'll be right there to strengthen you. But guess what? You got to call on him. And you got to have confidence in the spirit. You got to have some confidence in the spirit. When, when we first left Kilgore, um, and we began to pray, I got to be honest, in my flesh, I didn't know what we were going to do. I didn't know where we were going to go. Not in my flesh, but in my spirit. There's a different story in my spirit. Glory to God. And let me tell you what's happening in my spirit now. It still does not yet appear what we shall be. Glory to God. That's greater in my spirit. Y'all better help, y'all better help me. That's greater in my spirit. Thank God for where we are, but I see greater in my spirit. I see greater for some of you. I see greater coming for you. You got to know that, that greater is coming. Will you do me a favor and encourage somebody and just tell them greater is coming? Just tell them greater is coming. Greater is coming. You know why? Because greater is he who is in me than he that's in the world. Greater is coming. Glory to God. Greater is coming. There's a greater anointing coming. There's a greater mission that's coming. There's a greater building coming. There's a greater call that's on our life. We have a greater call. Greater is coming. And I feel that thing in my spirit. Great. We have a great commission. Greater is coming. Greater is coming. Greater is coming. I received, I received a phone call. I received a phone call. Um, from, where, where, where's your family from, Miss Ann? Tell me, where Miss Ann? Where's your family from? from? I received a phone call from Portland, Oregon, two, three, two days ago. Portland, Oregon. On our first Sunday, Miss Ann's sister and her pastor were sitting right over there behind me and Trina. And I spoke a word into this atmosphere. And I said, supernatural debt cancellation. I said, God's about to start paying some things off. And I said, you better receive that in the spirit. You know why? Because I heard it in the spirit. I heard God say that God's about to start paying some things off. She sat right there. She lifted her hand. They received it. She went back to Portland, Oregon. When they went back to Portland, Oregon, uh, there was a man that met them at the church, a man that they had known for some time. This man said, listen, how much do y'all own the church? They said $80,000. This man said, I'm going to write you a check and I'm going to pay this church off for you. She called me the other day and said, Pastor Love, you heard the voice of God. They called and paid the whole church off. $80,000, debt free, debt cancellation. You got to hear that thing in the spirit. You got don't listen to your flesh. Listen, walk in the spirit. Don't, don't even yield to the lust and the desires of the flesh. Because the flesh going to want you to turn tail and run. The flesh going to want you to go back. But you stay strong in the spirit. You have confidence in your spirit. What the spirit say. I don't want to hear what your flesh said. What your spirit say. What your spirit say. My flesh said I don't know what we're going to do. But my spirit said we're going to keep moving. And we're going to trust God. My spirit said we're going to take the next step. Even we can't see it we're going to take. By the time we put our foot down a step is going to be there. And we're going to keep walking by faith and not by sight. That's what we say in the spirit. And we walk by faith. We walk by faith. We live by faith. We put no confidence in the flesh. That's what I'm saying. That's what God is saying to us. That's what he's saying to you. Will you bow? Father, we thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, I sense your anointing in this place. I sense your anointing in this place, God. Oh, God, you're restoring some broken soul right now, Lord. 
Oh, Father, you're healing somebody who's been hurt uh, by this world and troubles and the affairs of this world, Lord God. You're healing them tonight. Father, I pray now, Lord God, that we step out of the flesh and we walk.